that's a growler. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Neverending Minute, where we analyze, scrutinize, and allergize the movie The Neverending Story. I'm Thomas Howith. I'm Terry <gasps> Steele. <laughs> and with us today, we have Chris again. Thank you for joining us again, Chris. I'm allergic to youth. <laughs> I think she says allergic to you. I'm telling you, but we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, Did you just say Utes? <laughs> what's a Ute? I I love my cousin Vinny. It's such a good flick, right? I yes, mean, come yes, on. it is. Oh, it's one of my sister and I tried to figure out the movies that like. There's no point in entering my parents' house if you hadn't seen them because we're going to quote them and with no context so much. And my cousin Vinny, the original Arthur, and Young Frankenstein were the winners. I'm on board with two of those. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, whenever you walk into a room, you got to be putting on the Ritz, right? Yeah. Yes. Well, and the original Arthur is just like all one-liners, so it's very useful. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. Sorry, sorry. I'm getting distracted already. Um, <laughs> today, we're going to talk about the never-ending story, specifically Minute 38, which starts with Atreyu climbing back up into his tree after being blown out of it by Morla's sneeze. There's some um, arguing, and there's going to be some arguing here. And it ends with Atreya warning Morla that if she doesn't help, then nothing will kill her as well. I think she says, I'm allergic to you. I'm on board the train that agrees that she is allergic to youths. No, I've listened yes. to it multiple times. Maybe you just need higher fidelity headphones. To you. <laughs> uh, well, here, I pulled up the script. Hold on. I pulled up the script, so we'll see. Oh, no. She says... Yeah, the the script says youth. The th that's three against one, actually, because it's me, you, and the script versus Tierney. And the author of the movie. <laughs> so, Tierney, we'll go ahead and we'll put this up on the Listener Society as a poll to see who thinks it says else what. had also heard that. It's very frustrating because it's not in the book, so I don't have anything Wait, to go off there's of a, that. There's a book of this movie? I'm just kidding. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, just, I'm just messing with But there's yeah, no, yeah. There's no uh, tortoise sneezing in it. So, it, you know, it's not superior to the film. <laughs> so we've gone a little bit ahead of where, where I have my first notes at, though. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I don't mind fluttering back and forth through the minute. We're mm -hmm. not that linear here. <laughs> We're all about tangents. So anyway, how do you think it is that Morla already knows about the Empress being sick? I had that question, too. She, has, she says she hasn't talked to anyone in thousands of years. She's had no communication with the outside world except herself. And yet, the minute he's like, did you know the Empress is ill? Yes. What? I mean, she could just be screwing around. Just be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> just, so. oh, it's, like, it's like that American, the American jackass thing that Americans do where someone says that they know something and an American just says, like, oh, yeah, to yeah, I know that. You know, like, yeah, for sure. Totally. Now the other the other theory that I kind of came up with is that time isn't really linear in Fantasia, so perhaps she heard about it when she was young, and it's just now in this part of the world coming to be a thousand years later. That could be true, or she she heard it through the swamp line. Yes, the swamp and line. Could be <laughs> <laughs> similar to the grapevine, but just a little bit more dirty. So. <laughs> a little horsey told her. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, no. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> that was so oh, bad. No! That's so bad. Yeah. I just broke oh, so many man. hearts. Why? Why would you say that? <laughs> because the horse was already underneath the mud. Yeah. <sighs> and as we oh, and as man. we know, Artex can give into the swamp of sadness. So, yeah, I don't know. And yeah. Artex oh. can talk too. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Wow. You'll forgive me one day, Journey. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, I actually had a note even earlier than that in this minute. Okay. Of, I was very impressed with the landing of Atreyu and the, like, puff of smoke dust. Oh, yeah. The smoke was really impressive. It all, like, cleared just away from him perfectly. That was yeah. nice. It was, it was a good effect. And then... But he's back up in this tree, and he is so dirty. Like, that mud looks like it's going in his mouth in some shots. And I'm just like, ew, because we've discussed how gross that mud was. And I feel very bad for Noah Hathaway. Well, see, I'm hoping this is part of the clean mud that they actually made. Because they did make some mud as well. When they couldn't deal with it. Yeah. Right. I I would hope so, the stuff that's on his face. Let's all just pretend it is. (laughs) Okay, that's a little bit better. We're all skirting around the, it's, it's turtle poop. That's what it is. <laughs> There's that Every, as well. Everything yeah. around them, it's like Morla is eating and and pooping. Everything around that is just is just pure Morla. That's all it so is. So you're oh. saying that Artax died in Morla poop? No, I mean not the entire swamp isn't Morla poop, but why not? The stuff, definitely the stuff. <laughs> yeah, Atreya was trudging for a while. She's been there thousands of years. Ugh. I always, whenever someone says trudge, I always think of a Knight's Tale. Uh, with uh, when it's <laughs> Paul Bettany's doing his his Chaucer, he says I'm yeah. trudging. It it has a has a certain amount of pride to it, doesn't it? Uh, a- <laughs> now, Chris, you've been to Heart Park, correct? Absolutely, of course. Yeah, the and you, if you ever try walking a- across the lake and you feel all the duck poop underneath your toes, oh, I I can't even do it, man. Like it just grosses me out. Heart Park is oh, they're gonna put a, a water park at Heart Park now, like a a oh, true wonderful. blue. Yeah, it's actually gonna not full of duck poop. <laughs> I sure hope not. So <laughs> I was gonna say for those that don't know, Hart Park is in Bakersfield, California, and it's one of the few places you can go and get wet and not die because of the heat. So a lot of people frequent it, and it's popular for barbecues and such. I mean, on a on a holiday weekend, you can't find a spot there at all. I mean, every inch of grass is taken up by a family and more power to them. But like, we've been there and there are people that have been camping out. Like it's like, it's a star Wars movie. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we camped out there for days. This is my spot. This is my 4th of July spot. I got a, I got we a barbecue here. Now. here. This is, these are, <laughs> these are our people. These are our people. These are, this is where we, this is where we lay our heads. We, each we night. have formed our own civilization. <laughs> right. Those, Park, that's Park mostly Hans. for the people that don't want to go to the river and die, basically. Yeah. I mean, it, the thing about the current, dangerous. It is. It is rather dangerous. You either die of heat, either die of heat stroke or you drown. I mean, that's pretty much what happens. Yeah. So. There's no in between. <laughs> there's no in between. <laughs> <laughs> Or apparently you can move to other parts of the country. Maryland. A fantastical place called Maryland. Oh, that's so good. Oh, man. Did you read that, Tierney? Did you read uh, the bio that we wrote for for Thomas? No. Oh, yeah. You got to read it. It's so fun. 
Yeah, I'll, it's really I'll forward funny. it to you later. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> oh, well, so back to this minute. Tangent I was realized. Say, I, I, I was trying to change this. We were like, well, I visited both Maryland and California as a kid, but... I've never I, seen a swamp like this. No, well, this minute made me think a lot, actually, of growing up in the 80s, being that kid, also being a girl. I know the stereotype. Um, we're the Care Bears when you need them, because that... We don't even care whether or not we care. It's just the antithesis of everything animated bears taught me. Yeah, I mean, we thought the people in the streets of Vancouver were apathetic, but Morla takes it to a whole new level. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, gosh, it always, Morla made me so sad when she said that. Because you kind of were hoping she's going to be like a magical, cool character. And she's mm-hmm. just... She's just so sad. I mean, she's so phantom tollboothy, you know, like doldrums. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and just bummed me out because I wanted her to be cool. And obviously, I mean, she is cool, but like she's a bummer to, you know, so yeah. that's, that's really what it boils down to. Well, just imagine, I mean, the swamp of sadness kills people because it makes them so sad and she lives in it. Yeah. I didn't think of, I've never thought of that before, but yeah, Morla lives in the swamps of sadness. That's got to mess with you. Maybe that's why she's so apathetic because she, if she had any emotions, she would just yeah. be completely overwhelmed by it. That's how oh she my survived. Yeah. Thomas, she just broke it. You just broke that wide open, bro. Oh my I gosh. do, man. I do that a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's all on the, on the spot thinking. It's almost like you uh, made a good job deciding to do a podcast minute by minute analyzing <laughs> the never-ending story. I can break things down like no one. She, you know what she did? She formed a protective shell. Shell? Around herself. Around her heart? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> the dad oh, is strong goodness. with this one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I hope you both are very proud of yourselves now. Always. Um, Atreyu is as worked up as I am all of a sudden. He's got an accent, then it's gone, then it's kind of back. I don't know. Yeah, he's he's doing the the Princess Leia, where like all of a sudden (laughs) the accent comes and goes. Just a little bit British. Yeah. For no reason at all. Are you talking about when he says, do you have a cold? No. um, That too, yeah. Earlier. Shoot, it's like the first thing he says. It sounds like he has a British accent. Oh, and he then... says, Mola. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was super weird when he's like, Oi, Mola, the ancient one. <laughs> Oi. It's not that British accent. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I didn't think of that, but it, this is our total Carrie Fisher Princess Leia cover. Yeah. I washed my hands and face before I came, I did. <laughs> well, because there was a moment where it was like, oh, maybe he is British, and he slipped into his nonchalance. I'm like, no, I know he's not. I've already looked up his IMDb profile multiple times on this podcast. Yeah. So, it's it was a little distracting, but that's all right. Well, I, um, I, I called ahead. him up, actually, after our last step, and I, and I asked him, like, hey, will you do, a, uh, will you do a, an orange tattoo for me? And he said, he said, no, it was, a, it was a bummer. So. I, there's like that little pause of like, what's the joke going to be? I know. I was like no. waiting for it. Like, Oh, here it comes. Oh, there, no. oh, there's no joke. He just said he wouldn't do it. And it was very disheartening. <laughs> so. That's too bad. Hey, you know what else is disheartening? No. <laughs> Transition queen today. No. Um, the other thing I thought of with the we don't even care whether or not we care line is I'm trying to remember, because it hasn't been that long since I was the kid, 
But is that how you feel when you tell a grown-up something really exciting to you and really important to you and the grown-up is just like, okay, whatever, that's fine. Like, that's, you know, he's all worked up and he's shouting and this is the most important thing. And she's just like, I mean, I guess if you keep talking, do you have to? (laughs) Right. It feels like, it feels like Morla should be memed. She should be memed more than she is. Like that line, because there's all these, (laughs) it, it it just seems like that would be a perfect meme. Like your face, like those things when they say like your face, when someone wants to go out and you want to just, and you just want to Netflix and they're like, I don't even care whether or not I care. You know, like it should be. That's it. We're starting it. We're going to get super we famous We got to bring now. Morla back to the internet. Yeah. <laughs> bring her into the 21st century. Oh, man. Well, after Morla finally discover, reveals that she's allergic to youths, she, uh, <laughs> Atreyu manages to not fall for his knees, which well, is pretty braces. impressive. Yes. He, he's uh, prepared. He's prepared this time, or he, th- he thinks he is at least. And his he hair is getting quite the beating, I'm just saying. But he does that perfect, like, flinch and grab when he sees her start to pull back again. Yeah. He's, 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 like, he's oh, like, oh, no gosh. Face. So this time, instead of getting blown off, he took the snot straight to the face. Ew. But yeah. accurate. Yeah, if you look at his hand in second 49, it's clearly covered with snot. <laughs> I might not. I might just take your word for it. You know, he's it's like, got what? a slime on it that's, that's <laughs> not like the mud at all. It's like a clearish slime. He's like Lexi in um, in Jurassic Park when she's when, when yes. next to the, <laughs> exactly next to the Brachiosaurus. Yeah, I mean, obviously yep. Spielberg was saw this movie and is like, "Yep, I'm going to use this for dinosaurs. I'm doing it." Do you think Spielberg was like disappointed he didn't get to do this crazy movie? Because there are some very Spielbergian elements. Yeah, there's that. I mean, most of the times, so much of our childhood is dominated by Spielberg in terms of nostalgia factor, which is why I think he's going to be doing the Ready Player One because that's just a uh, that's just a love story to nostalgia in itself. So yeah, pretty much. I'm fine with that. Yeah, and I'm totally fine with it too. Like bring the nostalgia back and have the master of nostalgia do it. So yeah, I bet the I I bet somewhere in there he was like, man. Man, I could have done that too. But I mean, would we have gotten, <laughs> would we have gotten what we got with this movie? I don't, I don't think so because yeah, Wolfgang be Peterson was on a mission with this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, especially with it being with the German release and really wanting it to do well there. He had a goal that he was set on making with this movie. And I think if it had been anybody else, they wouldn't have had quite the de- dedication that he had to it. It would have had a different feel to it. And, he, and I don't know if Steven Spielberg would want to torture children the way that Peterson would have. So True. <laughs> <laughs> that part might have been better. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I wonder if directors ever do that. Like, sit back and think, like, I wish I had made this movie when it came out. Oh, God. I've got to imagine they do. That would make for some interesting lists, I think. I bet they don't tell other people, but... Probably. <laughs> I bet they think it to themselves. Because you can't help thinking, like... This is really embarrassing, but, like, sometimes when I'm writing, because at one point I wanted to be a screenwriter or a director and stuff, if I'm reading a book, I'll sometimes think about, okay, well, if I was adapting this, this is what I would move or this is how I would do it. And if I'm doing that and I'm a librarian, like, in Boston, come on. If you're in the industry, you've got to be thinking, like, 
oh, I would have used this shot. Or you're like, if you had just pulled back a little bit or framed this differently. I only do that yeah. with movies that I don't like. Like if there's movies like this movie. <laughs> no, I mean, like, cause like, I think everyone does that, but these, like this movie to me, it's like, oh, everything's perfect. Cause it just is through that lens of, of childhood perfection. You know what I mean? But like, I did that. Yes. Mm-hmm. I did that a ton with movies that I am disappointed in. So I did that a ton with Batman versus Superman. Mm. Like that was a disappointing movie to me. There's just soup. And so I just basically just wrote a list of the things that like, okay, if you just would have changed this, it would have been fine. Because I, I'm not a filmmaker. So obviously I don't know what goes into making a film, but I do know when something stinks. I, I do. I find that I do that with movies that I want to love. Yes. Yeah. But I don't necessarily yeah. love. Right. That's. It's funny you say that with Batman versus Superman, because when I came out of that, I remember telling him like, if that had been the first cut and then they took it back into the editing room, they could have made an amazing movie. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Because there's there's a lot of cool things in movies like Batman versus Superman. Like, there's great fight scenes. I think they did a great job with Batman. And then, um, wait, is this the Bat... Wait, are we doing the Batman versus Superman minute? Or is this the... I forget. <laughs> I forget. We better not be. Yeah. There are people who actually are doing it who might be annoyed at us. <laughs> right. <laughs> I actually have a friend. I told him I was doing a minute podcast and one of my network friends said, well, don't, don't tell him about the Batman versus Superman minute. I'm going to start, but they were doing it because they, oh, they, they absolutely hate that movie. So it's, it's like for them to do it, it would be this, this, what I hate about Batman versus Superman minute by minute. You have to really hate a movie to dedicate all these episodes to talking down about it. Well, okay. Have you ever heard? That's my thing of I don't think yeah. I would want to do when I hate. Have you ever heard of the podcast? Not in this format. They're actually quite funny, and it's called The Worst Idea Ever. It's their two comedians. Yes, yes, I yep. have. Oh, yep. my gosh. So that's- in fact, I love that one. Never Ending Story was on that. They did this movie at one time, I believe. Did they really? Gosh, I must. I I, I think I'm almost positive they did. I, I, the last time I listened to it, they were still doing. Um, the Sex in the City too, uh, so I must have stopped after that because oh. after a while it was starting to mess with my sanity on the movie. So, <laughs> but yeah, there that's that's the type of thing I'd have to do is oh the movie I hate is just torture myself with it. I don't know if I could do a minute podcast. That's my thing. I could definitely see doing a podcast on it, even a multi part, but to go minute by minute would just wear you down, and that's a long movie to do that with. Yeah, that's so. a. I mean, you have a year's worth of material. That's the commitment. Yeah. <laughs> so back to the minute. <laughs> Speaking of a long time, a long time. Speaking um, of long times and things that are bummers, even though you <laughs> thought they were going to be really cool, <laughs> more luck. At the end, when he's trying to use his argument that the nothing's going to come and you're going to die too, do you think that that should have elicited more of an emotion? I mean, we don't get to see the emotion in this minute, but do you think that's a strong argument for Morla, or should he have gone somewhere else? We're going to get into the philosophical debateness of that in the next minute when she responds. Yeah. But... But what, how would you guys try to convince Morla here? Yeah, <sighs> Gosh, I didn't think because he because do, he does fix it. So yeah, it's weird that she because in the book they make more of a big deal out of the fact that because he has the Orin, that's the same as the Empress basically, and everyone in Fantasia has loyalty to it. And so when he shows her the Orin and she says, you know, yes, I recognize that. I know what's going on, and I know the answer. That should have been the end of it. Like her loyalty should have 
basically like required her to say, and here's the answer if he's asking directly for it. Right. This is that weird, like, okay, I see the Orin, I know the Orin, and I respect the Orin. Oh, but I'm not going to tell you. And it's like, well, that's weird. Now, do you think she's testing him? No, because that would require Karen. Because there's... She's the ultimate. Yeah, but maybe That's she's true. maybe she's saying all this just to test him. She's seeing how far she can push him. I mean, I could see her doing that almost out of boredom because yes, she's got exactly. all the time in the world. So it doesn't matter how long to her. It doesn't matter how long it takes to get to this answer. She gets to have a conversation. She gets to have some company for a while. That that makes you know, more me, sense. I think. Me thinks thou dost protest too much. You know. <laughs> Like, oh, get away from me. I hate you. I can't believe you're here when she's actually really happy that he's there. She's got to keep her cool. It's just like. (laughs) I don't know. When you don't feel well and you're sneezing like that, you don't want the thing making you sneeze to stick around. (laughs) Do you think those are actual sneezes or is she just messing with him? No, look at her amazing puppetry eyes sneezing-ness. So, (laughs) my girlfriend, if I... If I time it right, I can stop her from sneezing. And she acts like it's the worst thing in the world. <laughs> like I'm just taking her soul. Like, how dare you stop me from sneezing? Aww. Uh, I've, uh, you just say mayonnaise. And then, then that keeps you from sneezing. If you say mayonnaise over and over, like it'll keep you from sneezing if you don't want to. <laughs> so we could have had an entire scene of Morla just saying mayonnaise. 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 <laughs> Try it. Try it next time you're going to sneeze. Seems Say like, mayonnaise. It, it seems like one of those things that needs I to be will. said quickly, yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> so it wouldn't quite work for yeah. more luck. Like, she mayonnaise. may chew. Uh, yeah, yeah. She'd run out of time. I'm a, I'm a bridge of the nose pincher, which works if you, like, if you know you're going to sneeze and feel it coming on, sometimes you can stop it from that, but not, not a quick one. Cool. Well, do you guys have anything else for this minute, or have we exhausted it? Uh, I found out that as I've gotten older, I'm allergic to youth as well. So, like, yes, between the ages of 12 and 18, I'm allergic to that youth. It is a difficult yeah. age, but I, I'm I'm dealing with it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I used to work an evening shift at a college, and so I would be on the subway system in Boston at the same time that the high school let out, and that was rough. Groups of teenagers are really not fun when you're not a teenager. Right. When I see groups of teenagers, I feel like, oh, Jesus, what's his name? The guy who died with the spear point through his chest. Steve Irwin? Steve Irwin. What? Yeah, I feel like Steve Irwin watching groups, watching groups of teenagers. Like, oi, look over there. There's a group of them. Let's watch what they do. I've heard they're extremely dangerous if you wear if you wear New Balance shoes. They it, strike. <laughs> it mostly seems to be putting people's phone numbers in their phones, <laughs> from what I observed, and then retreating back to the other people of their gender. <laughs> I do like getting to watch the trends that they go through and how quickly they change. Like the whole light up shoes thing was like a big deal for like literally two weeks. And the kids would not wear their shoes after that because it wasn't cool. Like they bought these shoes for like over a hundred bucks, and then they just won't wear them anymore because they're not cool. Why do shoes seem to be like a little kid thing though? 
Oh, you mean those? I know. Oh, you mean those ones that had like the track lighting along the sides? They were like the they yep. were the, they yeah. were the kicks with the. Oh, I got you. I want yeah. those. They yep. can still be cool for little kids. <laughs> and then um, fidget spinners—they're not cool anymore. We oh, as a lot of adults don't realize it, but they're already out of being cool. Well, that's nice. Well, because they got too known. The minute the adults are aware of it, it's over. Yeah, it's just amazing to me how quickly these little trends come and go now. I have my hand on the pulse, people. (laughs) (laughs) I have the inside scoop. Nice. All right. Do we have anything else for this minute? I think I'm tapped out. I think Marla would like us to stop talking about youth. All right. Well, (laughs) Marla has something to, or we get to see Marla's response tomorrow, but that's that's another another story. story that shall be told another time. Wow, something is really different on the growler. I'm keeping your bones.